Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I want to go over AT&T and what their value will be post-merger based off of my DCF model. So in today's video, I'm going to go over the revenue, the EBITDA, the free cash flow, shares outstanding, all the different factors that flow into a DCF model that get us to what we can come to an agreement on, on what their fair value could be after the spinoff of Warner Media in Q2 of 2022. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis such as this one. Also, if you find it helpful, please hit that like button now to your stock analysis. All right, so jumping into my DCF model. So straight off the bat, this model does not include any Warner uh, revenue or free cash flow or anything past Q2 of 2022. So um, as we look at this column here that has 2022 values, it only factors in half a year for AT&T. Future shares outstanding does not increase in this model. I have everything broken out by future uh, AT&T, what Warner was contributing and the revenue uh, combined, uh, at, you know, really only in 2022 because that's the only year that they were combined. So you can go through here and see exactly what those totals were, what they're going to be in the future and uh, get your free cash flow. Now we did dis discount that back um, at a, a weighted average cost of capital at um, 10% and we got our present value um, around $79 billion. And our terminal value, I put it 1% to be conservative and that got us a present value of the terminals at $143 billion. Now the big thing here that does affect it is their net debt is at about 110 billion dollars now if you do look it up right now it does say it's about 150 i did add around 43 billion dollars in extra cash to substitute for the sale of what at&t is going to receive upon the closing of warner warner bros so what i'm doing in this model is basically getting warner bros out of the basically out of their balance sheet, out of this, this model completely, and just trying to say, what is AT&T going to be like in the future? So shares outstanding, that's going to remain relatively the same unless they have to go out and raise, you know, raise capital in another way, which I don't anticipate. Um, but more than likely, shares outstanding is going to remain relatively the same. Um, and then let me go through my special considerations. Um, yeah, free cash flow is only for two quarters. $43 billion in cash is going to be received at the uh, close of the transaction. Now, the other thing I'll uh, go ahead and call out is the EBITDA multiple I have for AT&T is uh, 10. It could be less. So depending on what multiple you would assign to that, I'll go ahead and throw a couple in there. If it was at five, that puts the EBITDA multiple at $5, um, which is just you know pretty silly. Um, and then, you know, if it was at 15, it puts it at 46. Now, I don't think that's a realistic one. I'll go ahead and leave it at 10. I think it's uh, probably, it could be somewhere like 7.5, could be a happy medium, and that would give you close to the DCF, but I'll leave it at 10. That's where I'm going to leave it today. Now, another thing you could change here, and I'll talk specifically about the growth rates, is uh, possibly AT&T could grow more in the future. Um, I don't see it happening um, based off of, or at least I don't see why you would put it in your model. 
Um, sure, it's possible, but based off of their guidance for 2022, um, in their course sections like mobility, they're only anticipating about 3% and then rest their business low single digit growth. So I'm estimating about 2% to be conservative. You know, to be honest, changing this by like two or 3%, you know, like let's say it's 4% low single digits, uh, it's really not gonna change all that much. So let's go ahead and change it here for people's, uh, you know, for your, your, you know, just so you can look at it. And that'd be $17.69. I'll go ahead and change that back to 2%. And if we did change our long-term growth rate to 2%, this does increase the value significantly. And if it was at 3%, it increases it significantly as well, up to $21. So um, the long-term growth rate is going to be a significant factor in whatever DCF model you are um, putting in there. I like to say, you know, for a company that's growing at 2%, what is their terminal growth rate? probably closer to one than two. Now, one other important factor is the discount rate. Now, the weighted average cost of capital for AT&T, I'm going to keep it at 10%, but I want to illustrate why it's important. Um, AT&T's actual weighted average cost of capital is quite low. Their debt is very cheap. Their equity is considerably more expensive, but it could be somewhere as low as six to 7%. And so if you did lower it, I'm just going to use, for example, to 8% in this model, you get a, a considerably higher DCF from 8 to 10. So um, at 8, it's $25. And at 10, you have something closer to, like I said, $15. So there's, there's quite a difference there depending on what you discount uh, AT&T back. Um, and I think if you discount it at 6%, um, you get something around, yeah, $40. So again, I don't think that's realistic. I like to be pretty conservative in these estimates and I'm gonna keep it at 10% for what I distribute out to uh, my viewers, but I'm gonna go ahead and keep it at $15.67. Um, in the coming weeks, just so you have something to look forward to, I will be putting a video out on what I think Warner Media as a standalone company would look like. That doesn't mean with Discovery, but as a standalone company. And I'm also going to put a uh, you know video out there about what Discovery is. You know, basically do the same thing for Discovery, um, and then I'll do a combination of Discovery plus Warner. Um, it's really going to be the, those two combined, but for illustration purposes, I'll just keep them apart and then bring them together and wrap it all up. Um, and I think it'll be a good. Um, good something good to look forward to for my viewers on AT&T as this spinoff goes over uh, as, as a spinoff closes over the course of this uh, upcoming quarter because we're already in Q2. What do you know? Hey, sorry for the brief interruption, but please consider subscribing if you find this information helpful. Now back to your content. All right. So one thing I just want to make sure everyone perfectly gets is this model is acting as if the spinoff has already occurred. It means that you've already gotten your shares of you know, Warner Bros. Discovery. There's no value inside of buying AT&T from that spinoff. It's, it's acting as if it's already occurred. As we know, that hasn't occurred. It's going to happen sometime in Q2 of 2022 here in this you know, next two and two and a half, three months. Um, but it's kind of giving your mind of, uh, an understanding of what exactly AT&T share price may or may not drop to after the spinoff has transacted. So one of the, that's just, it's just something I want people to be aware of. It's not saying 
um, you, you do get extra value, right? So it is around $15, but you are getting, um, you know, some value out of the Warner Bros. spinoff. Now, another thing I do want to point out is during that DCF, you can see that there's a large amount of debt on AT&T's books. They do get rid of some of it in the spinoff with, uh, with the Warner Bros. discovery transaction. However, they still are around $100, $110 billion dollars in net debt and that's not going to change anytime soon based off of capital expenditure capital expenditures that they have to you know continue doing in order to keep their mobility competitive in the future and go with 5g expansion all these things that are very highly capital intensive at&t can will continue having to do now one of the things that again is very important in this model is that AT&T moving forward is basically losing six billion dollars in free cash flow from Warner Media going off on you know, in the spinoff. What this spinoff is really signaling to investors is that AT&T is really focusing on the core of their business, which is mobility and some of their fiber investments, which I think is a competitive space, but so is the mobility space. So. What we're going to want to see is hopefully moving forward is we're not going to see crazy investments like we saw in direct TV and the Warner media um, that led to extremely uh, overbuy overbuying on the, you know, the buy side. And they're basically selling at, you know, these assets for a fraction of the price on the back end. So moving forward, hopefully we can see AT&T make investments that are going to drive the future growth of the core of their business and help them remain a really good cash cow in the future without increasing their debt load even further. Um, AT&T would be worth so much more money if the debt was just you know, gone and we had secure cash flows moving out to the future. Another thing that AT&T investors are probably going to be curious about is what the dividend is going to look like moving forward. I think they've said about 40% of their free cash flow is what they're going to put into their dividend. I'm curious if they're going to up that at any point in the future or if they're going to start doing some reprioritization and start paying down debt. We'll see what happens. If you found this content helpful, please consider subscribing. Also hit that like button, it helps me out a lot. Thank you so much for watching today's video. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. Again, thank you for watching. My name is Frank, Frank Finance, out.